Welcome to Meet, Act, and Part. A Masonic podcast hosted by Midnight Freemasons Greg Knott, Darren Larners, Todd Creason, and Bill Hosler. The views, opinions and experiences that are expressed by the hosts or guests as individual Freemasons do not reflect the official position of any Grand Lodge, appendant body, or Masonic authority to which the hosts or guests belong. And now on with the show. to another exciting episode of Meet, Act, and Part. And we've got a great episode for you tonight. But before we get started, as we always do, let's introduce ourselves. I'm one of your co-hosts, Greg Nod, And I'm Bill Hosler. And I'm Darren Laners. So welcome again, everybody. It's been a while since we've uh, all gotten together. But summer, as we speak and have recorded this, literally ended about an hour ago. Central time, 804, if anybody was wondering, 804 Central time, summer was over. So welcome to fall. So our first fall guest is the Junior Grand Warden of the Grand Lodge of Kansas, Derek Hockett. And Derek, thank you so much for uh, jumping on here tonight. We understand that you actually been to Lodge already today. So uh, appreciate you jumping in here after uh, your lodge meeting. Yep, I'm glad to, glad to join you guys. So if you can, Derek. Talk a little bit about your uh, talk about your Masonic journey, Derek, and and what maybe got you interested in Freemasonry. You know, originally, what got me started in the Freemasonry, I graduated from college and lived away from from where I grew up for oh, six or seven years, and uh, returned home for you know a, a better job opportunity, and and I was kind of in a in an interesting place in life. My, my wife and I, we got married kind of late. I mean, uh, didn't, we didn't uh, have kids till we were like in our thirties. And so moved home. A lot of, a lot of my friends and stuff had, had moved away and on to other things. And so kind of reintegrating back into the community and, and uh, getting settled back in and was kind of, you know, political views and, and all that kind of stuff were, a little bit different and trying to find a, just a, a place to land, you know, to, uh, a group of guys to associate with and was working in the oil and gas industry. And one of my coworkers, he was my control, control board operator. And he was the guy that would call me out in the middle of the night when we had things that needed to be worked on or fixed and, and uh, ran across him. And the, the Masonic Lodge was you know, our, one of the things that we did annually is we did funnel cakes and, and tater twisters at the county fair. And uh, I ran back into Rusty, and I was like, hey, Rusty, I didn't know you were Mason. Anyway, long story short, he, he got me kind of pulled in, and, and that's how the, the journey started. This was initiated in, in November of 07, took Fellowcraft in January of 08, and was raised to a sublime degree of a Master Mason on Valentine's Day of 2008. And so after that, it was, you start talking to family members, and you start finding out, you know, about, you know, I found out that my uncle was a Mason in California and then my, my grandpa was a, uh, I think he was an entered apprentice, uh, in Oklahoma. You start kind of uncovering all of these, uh, 
family histories that you didn't know about. So that was that was kind of fun, and so that was uh, that was how I got started in in the lodge. Well, that's great. So I guess I I was raised about uh, five months before you. So we oh. and I, I was raised in November of '07. So you and I have been about the same length of time. So I guess with that sort of perspective, I mean, obviously you've jumped into the the Grand Lodge line already in Kansas. If you if you can tell us uh, about the the jurisdiction of the Grand Lodge of Kansas and maybe how many members there are and uh, those kinds of things. Sure, sure. And so the, that that journey kind of in, into the Grand Lodge line, it started uh, you know, with a phone call kind of serendipitously uh, past Grandmaster Cole Presley. He he called and asked if I would be interested in serving as a district deputy grandmaster. So that's part of the, part of the structure of Kansas, uh, Grand Lodge of Kansas. We have uh, area deputies and, and district deputies. And uh, Cole, Cole selected uh, Most Worshipful Michael Stoops as his selection to get on the Grand Line. And then, of course, Most Worshipful Stoops asked me to be his grand senior deacon. So kind of a, a cool lineage. Cole was there for me at the beginning when he asked me to be a, a district deputy. And, and, and he's we, we share that Grand Lodge lineage. So served a couple of years as uh, a district deputy, uh, appointed a grand standard bearer in 2019, two-year term as an area deputy. And within the district or the uh, Grand Lodge of Kansas jurisdiction, the uh, area and district deputies is kind of the, kind of where we look, you know, they're, they're the representatives of the Grand Master. They go out to the lodges and serve as his representative. And, and that's kind of the, kind of the pool that they look at uh, for membership development. So you get a couple of years to kind of get familiar with, you know, the Grand Lodge process and, and, and you get on the email list for, you know, where all the Grand Lodge events are around the state. And so you, a little more visibility, kind of, kind of get a feel for, for kind of what's going on and, and that kind of thing. Uh, right now, Kansas stands at, uh, I checked, I did a little bit of homework beforehand and, um, as of yesterday evening, we're at uh, 12,184 Master Masons, uh, average age of 66.68 years of age, and uh, we've got 186 lodges. Great. Darren? Hey, Derek. Uh, I, uh, I was fortunate enough to meet you at Kansas Masonic Con, so I'm going to just leap right into that, and sure. let's talk a little bit about your impressions I'll just say I think Alex did a phenomenal job, and it was so heartwarming to see the Grand Line out in support of that event. So I just, you know, from the Grand Grand Lodge perspective, uh, you know, what was your impression? And then I guess personally, what was your impression with Kansas Masonicon? So, you know, from from Grand Lodge perception, Council of Administration. Uh, we did. We absolutely supported it 100. percent I've got a. I got a, a few notes about that. We'll get into that a little bit more later on when we talk about just kind of what's going on in the state of Kansas as far as Freemasonry. But uh, personally, for me, man, it was just um, it was a fire hose. It was so much. Not just from the uh, value that we got out of all the presenters, the just the actual content of what they presented, but the way Alex did it. Uh, the venue, and you, man, you you nailed it. He did a he did an outstanding job. 
you know, and, and maybe uh, that was my first Masonicon experience. And so, you know, my perspective is definitely fresh eyes. And so to, to hear you, Darren, say that, you know, he did a, an outstanding job. I know you've been to other Masonicons and, and have a, have a different point of reference than I do. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's really, it makes me feel good. You know, Alex does a ton of things for us. Uh, not, not just as Kansas Lodger research. Uh, he, he's a member of the publications committee at a grand lodge level. Those, uh, most worshipful Kellerman, most worshipful Stoops and, and Alex, they, they lead the charge as far as social media and everything on our website and all that kind of stuff. They do it. They do a ton of work in the background and don't always get recognized for it, but the setup, the technology that he utilized, and they were, you know, absolutely, you've always got a few little minor bugs, but the, the sum total of all the moving pieces that he had pulled together to make that look the way it looked was uh, was outstanding. It was an outstanding representation of, of the capabilities of Kansas Freemasonry and what Alex can do. Again, the presenters were great. I thought the we had had to adjust kind of midstream, you know, Jonte Gold, right? Worshipful Jonte, you know, he had a personal medical thing come up. He wasn't able to attend in person. And I mean, without missing a beat, we switched him over. We, we, we pulled him in remotely and he was still able to present to the, the in-person crowd and the online group as well. And, um, and you had mentioned, you know, all of our COA officers were there as as a council of administration, you know, we've got a strategic plan. Well, you know, that's one of the things that I'm on my talking points for a little bit later. But I think that kind of speaks to where we're at as far as looking at the craft and what the craft needs long term and being open to something different. And boy, howdy, did we really. That was a huge win, not just for Alex and Kansas Lodge Research, but for Kansas Freemasonry to be able to, to put that on and, and, and kind of show us off a little bit. Like I said, the technology showing that capability, that's something that from the grand lodge level down to the, you know, the individual lodges, there's a lot of opportunity to learn there as well, you know, for sharing Masonic education, depending on the lodge, you know, I know not some lodges, that's not their thing. Uh, but, Seeing that set as the example is is really cool, and, and the other thing too, and I'll, I'll I'm really thankful for you, Darren, for for traveling all that way, and for RJ and Joe and and all the presenters that came in. Mike Jarzebeck, I'd been on a couple of podcasts with Mike before, and, and uh, his his presentation that he did on on Brother James Naismith was uh, was really profound. So, and I I, I wanted to recognize you too for that question that you asked about rites of passage and masculinity that one's that one's kind of been stuck in my head a little bit and kicking that around and looking for different ties you know and how that ties in the different aspects of freemasonry so that's kind of my whole thing on on kansas masonicon you know big win for us we're excited for next year absolutely going to pour more support into it you know alex alex pretty well took that on all his uh, his own uh, you know, we were there to support, but we're we're definitely going to keep uh, keep pushing that along, and and again, looking forward for next year. I was uh, so impressed with just how well everything went off the venue, everything you said, and 
I, I know Alex was, was poor guy was so stressed out, but yeah, it was, you know, as you said, a, a, a big win. It was, it was, uh, it was, uh, I, I think a huge win. You know, I, I honestly left, uh, left the Masonic con thinking to myself, man, I wish I lived in Kansas because you guys seem uh-huh. to have it going on and going on well there. And I think one of the, the downfalls of us, Greg and I being in a jurisdiction like Illinois, that's, you know, larger than Kansas is that I often feel that, that our Grand Lodge doesn't support educational events or education in general. And it's just kind of, they let, they let uh, us education guys kind of play in the sandbox because they don't want to upset us because I think they realize if they do, we can, you know, we can, we can rain fury upon them. But uh, at the same time, it's, it's, uh, I've never really felt that kind of support from a grand line like you guys gave Alex that day. And, and just seeing that in person, you know, gave me hope, honestly, for a day here in Illinois where we might be able to see that as well. So uh, thank you and uh, your your counterparts on on the grand line for you know supporting education supporting that event okay can you hear me yes i can hear you clem fandango i didn't know if i had to it on or what but anyway you know over the years kansas has really spearheaded a lot of forward thinking ideas we discussed a couple of them that i knew of from years ago and I hope that they're still in I'm still in play because they were very instrumental in Indiana after we adopted them to not only help retention but actually improve our lodge meetings. And another thing is is that I know you guys have the Kansas Lodge of Research is doing wonderful things. I mean, I see them online and social media. I've heard things and it seems like it's just, it's not just a place where people gather, maybe read a printout of something they found on the internet or maybe write some. They actually are forward thinking and they actually do a really good job from what I gather of promoting Masonic education within the state of Kansas. Now, and then the question I have is, do you think, do you have any ideas of what you would like to promote during your year? Or do you have, does Kansas as a Grand Lodge have anything else um, that they're thinking about putting in play in the near future? So we do. And one of the things that's been, and and, and this kind of goes along kind of in tandem, kind of with how successful Alex was with MasonicCon, that, and you, Darren, you, you had kind of recognized the support from from you know, the elected Grand Lodge officers or council of administration. Part of our strategic plan that, that's been in place for a couple of years now, uh, we're really holistically looking at the whole Masonic experience. And we recognize that things like a Masonic Con absolutely play into that. It, it gives, it, again, every 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 Brother Mason's journey and, and set of experiences is, is, is his, his own. And you know, uh, individual lodges, it's, it's tough to check all those boxes, you know, and we encourage brothers to, you know, go and find that experience. Don't, don't, don't let Freemasonry necessarily happen to you. 
you know, be, be active in that journey. And if, if you're looking for a lodge that, that does more education, then, Hey, Hey, we, we've got this thing called Kansas Lodge of Research, you know, sign up for that. Or if, if you're more of the traditional, uh, type lodges, you know, we've got Interquest Lodge in, in Kansas City or Kansas City area. It, so we recognize that, uh, we've got to be open and, and, and share that kind of open dialogue and, and, and change that culture a little bit. And so to kind of circle back to that question that you asked, Bill, what, what do we got working kind of going right now? It kind of fits in with our strategic plan. Our, our strat plan's got three lanes. It's excellence and esoteric work, excellence in membership, and excellence in communication. Uh, along that uh, esoteric lane, education lane, well, we're looking at doing kind of patterning off of other grand jurisdictions. And uh, we're starting to roll out work on a, a uh, district education officers to kind of help supplement our grand lecturers. That's a, those guys are uh, a huge part of our education program in Grand Lodge of Kansas, and it spreads them pretty thin. We, we don't have too many guys out on the western half of the state, and so when, when it comes time in every year for schools of instruction, it's, um, it's a little bit of a challenge uh, to get those guys out this way and, and do it safely, you know, we recognize traveling and driving is that's one of the most dangerous things we do. And so we're, we're not only does the district education officer offer more opportunities uh, for the craft. I mean, maybe you don't want to be a grand lecturer, but you know, if you're proficient and you're in the right place, you know, we want to, we want to be able to offer that opportunity up so that you can go help put on, uh, you know, a short school or if a lodge has something specific that they want help with, uh, maybe they don't need a full-blown annual school of instruction, or maybe they don't want to wait that long. We, we want to be able to put those brothers in place to help fill those needs uh, on a more timely basis. So that's that's one thing in particular right now that we've kind of got going, filling that education piece as part of the whole experience. Derek, I'm curious. One of the things I've observed in Grand Lines over the years is, as the in any body, uh, as the line rotates through very quickly, the continuity doesn't survive, you know, the plans, uh, the strategic plans or whatever the initiatives might be. Do you think in Kansas you're going to be able to sustain that, you know, with the people behind you? Has everybody bought into where that's going to be, you know, implementable more than one or two years? So I, I do. I believe that. I absolutely can speak on my own behalf. I see that kind of not not to necessarily call out or or put too much emphasis on my own shortcomings, but you know there's things that I'm good at. Uh, you know I've definitely got my strong points, but it it gives you a little bit of uh, peace of mind uh, when you when you can be reflective. You slow down and really look at what you're good at, what you're capable of, and understand that I've got other Grand Lodge officers around me who have other strong points. And that we kind of focus those back in on our strategic plan and we all complement each other because we know that we're all moving in the same direction. And it, it, it really, it adds a lot of comfort. I mean, we, we've absolutely had to get to a point where we understand we got to be open and honest and, and with all of our communications. And so we don't, as, as of right now, we don't have that 
you know, this is my program and I got to keep this quiet because I don't want anybody stealing my program. We know that it's going to have continuity. And we know that if the guys behind us don't buy in, then really everything starts to fall apart. And so that, that kind of plays into the selection process. You know, we, we do look at guys that have a holistic vision and making sure that, you know, that, that, that they're going to support that moving forward. So we're, we're, we've been doing really good the last, well, I really can't remember exactly when our strat plan kicked off. I want to say it was really got moving in, in, in like 2015. It's been in, it's been in the works for much longer than that for right now. And even into the foreseeable future, I, I, I'm pretty confident that we'll be able to maintain that continuity and, and keep it going. And not only because we've, we feel like we've got guys that support it, but it's produced a lot of dividends for us. You know, there are some things that we, we we're working on a lodge certification program to help with uh, bylaw adherence and things like that. And that, that one's come with some growing pains. But beyond that, the membership program that they've been working on has paid huge dividends. Our, our kind of the way we're looking at the esoteric and the education part has paid huge dividends. And, it's, and I think that's reflected, you know, like in the Masonicon that we've already talked about. So, we we we've, we've got too many wins under our belt with with that strategic plan that was kind of helped lay it out before us and develop to to walk away from it anytime soon. That's great to hear. Hey, I'm curious personally of of you. Uh, what excites you about Freemasonry today? In other words, you know, we we all join. I think for reasons that evolve over time as we learn more and participate more, but. What excites you today? I mean, what would you tell, you know, the neighbor next door that's like, oh, hey, I, I found you're a Mason. Why would I join? You know, that's been a real, you know, when they say Masonry is a progressive science, that uh, that's, man, that, that one's really been driven home for me, at least in the last two years. The Masonic Con thing has been huge. Uh, again, that, that, I think that really filled a, filled a niche filled a hole that we didn't know we were missing so that it's another another avenue and another opportunity that adds to the experience me personally traveling the state and getting to know brothers and building relationships just seeing how that grows and develops uh that's exciting for me i but even now uh, i'm very introverted and so outside of freemasonry uh pretty tight lip don't have much to say and this has been kind of an avenue for me to give a, a common purpose on a common cause so when i step in that lodge room or i step you know into that annual communication for grand lodge i know that all of these brothers are here for the same thing and and it's it's all good things to talk about really help kind of kind of get me out of my shell and i I'll, i know that there's guys out there who are who are like me who, who, who would benefit from that. And that's, that's the exciting thing for me, just being able to, to talk freely, you know, not, not really advertise per se, but you know, when I wear, uh, uh, you know, when I wear my, my grand lodge polo or when I've got my wife, bless her heart, she's, she's super, super thoughtful. She's made me a couple of really cool t-shirts. One that's got a Euclid's 47th problem and one with a point within a circle and, kind of eye-catching it's 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 given me opportunities to talk to people about the craft you know let them know that it's not it's definitely not everything you see on youtube and so we're the strat plan is is giving us opportunities to really 
want to talk about Freemasonry. It's helped me be more comfortable and, and, and want to share that with, with anybody I can. Yeah. So you mentioned advertising, Derek, and we just had uh, talked to some of our brethren in Wisconsin regarding some advertising they're doing up there and they're doing some really active kind of advertising. I know different jurisdictions have different opinions on that. Uh, what I guess is, is your jurisdiction's opinion and what's your personal opinion on it? You know, my, my personal opinion is not, I don't have a real, real strong opinion about it. You know, I see some things on Facebook that are, uh, yeah, maybe I wouldn't do that. that that's, that's another thing that ties back in with our strategic plan right now, our publications committee. They're working with a firm, and we're, we're actively developing uh, an outward-facing campaign. So, you know, we, you have to do it to a certain degree, but you've got to be smart about it. Our foundation, uh, our, our Kansas Masonic Foundation, they've, they've employed a, a third-party firm to help them with the advertising. Now, of course, the, the charitable thing and the charitable wing and, and how they go about that, you know, that's, that's a, absolutely separate from, from, from Grand Lodge. But our foundation has done a pretty good job uh, working with their third-party advertising because uh, we do a matching funds program. Each each lodge in, in, in the jurisdiction of Kansas is, has the ability to reach out to our foundation uh, and have uh, donations. They're allowed $2,500 a year, and so they can they can have request matching donations. So if they want to give $500 to uh, the senior class, um, they can do 500 and then ask for a match from our foundation. And then the foundation... Uh, has a little information sheet that we fill out with that, and then they give it back to their PR firm, and then the PR firm kind of elevates that, does some things on social media and, and local newspapers to help, uh, just kind of show the show the the charitable side and, and the and the good work. So I'm I don't know what the time frame is on our outward facing campaign, but it's it's coming pretty pretty quick. I think especially in today's world, we really have to kind of think about about you know doing that sort of outward reaching advertising and i know there are probably some guys who will hear this in harumph harumph but uh at the end of the day you know we're 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 essentially having to compete with a lot of things to get the attention of of men that would be good masons so i i think uh you know twofold just because we're advertising doesn't get lodges off the hook for doing proper investigations, you know, guarding the West gate, doing all Agreed. of that. But I think we really need to, we really need to, especially, I mean, you mentioned that your average age is 66.6 years. So, uh, uh, whoops, uh, <laughs> maybe does it not 66.6, but 66. And, uh, uh yeah, now somebody's going to listen to this and say, I knew they are, they're double worshipers. They use 666, but uh, anyway, anyway, you know, my point is, is that we, in order to reach the, uh, Gen Z's, the millennials, even guys that are Gen Xers like myself to get them into the, the craft, uh, we, we can no longer rely on just, you know, sitting in our lodge and not doing anything and waiting for the masses to come to us. You know, we have to, to kind of grab the bull by the horns. And, uh, you know, uh, control the narrative and 
I just wrote an article kind of along the similar lines that, you know, we're, we're essentially we've been we're we're doing these things and they're not really garnering, you know, pancake breakfasts. And, and yeah, they're goodwill for the community and they get your name out. But a lot of lodges, you know, and from personal experience, we're not getting any membership from sure. it. And so the membership we we need to kind of look at is targeting specific, you know, audiences to, you know, on a you if they search a certain YouTube search term or, or something popping up and having an ad pop up for, uh, you know, Freemasonry or, or doing doing things that are proactive and also, you know, helping in doing those ads, helping control the narrative. Like you said, there's a lot of misinformation out there and there's a lot of, uh, you know, things that don't portray us in a, in a favorable light. So in order to combat that, I, I think we kind of need to uh, stop being so passive and, and be more aggressive for lack of a better sure. term when it comes to, to doing this stuff. No, I totally agree with both of you. I mean, Advertising, I mean, it can be done in the tasteful way where we're not asking people for mem- to become members. You can just say, hey, if you've ever been, wanted to be part of something bigger, if you ever wanted to be a better person, yada, 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 take a look at us. And if you like what you see, call this 800 number or this email or visit this website and We'll talk to you further about what the process is and see if you're still interested. It, you know, there you're not breaking any of these so-called, you know, to be one, ask one things. It's more just a, an information thing, just like any other, you know, organization would. You know, the, you know, the Lions Club doesn't sell anything, but they let people know, hey, we we like members. It's just the same thing, but. The other thing about it is, too, and we talked about this in Wisconsin, is it's a double-edged sword. We can get as many prospects to come and talk to us as we can as we can handle. But there has to be something in place at the district, local, and Grand Lodge level to keep these um, lodges' feet to the fire and to make sure if they do get a prospect, to call them or to... And then if they do come to check things out, to not, you know, put on their best, put their best foot forward. I mean, you know, you've got the the old cranky guy in the corner who decided to wear his um, shorts and sandals to lodge. And he's, you know, complaining about, you know, well, we still haven't done this or that. And it's sort of like when I first, the very first time I ever visited the Masonic Temple, I became a Master Mason at. It was for a dinner that they were going to throw. And this little old man, about 80 years old, come up to me and he pardoned the language. He says, I don't know why in the hell you're joining Freemasonry. It's going to be dead in five years. <laughs> now, I, you know, it's like, you know, it didn't face me because I thought, well, I'll just write it out. But, you know, you get some, a Gen Z or just somebody who's really not 100% sure of it. You're like, well, yeah, why am I thinking about joining this? But, there has to be some kind of education on how to be put yourself forward too, I think, and to possibly continue the process. Yeah, we 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 we, we beat that membership drum, you know, and you know, a lot of lodges. It's like, okay, guys, 
we hear you. We, we, we uh, from a Grand Lodge level, we, we've got lots of tools. We've got lots of ways to help, but you know, what's the experience once you get those folks in the door, you know, not just first impressions for a meal or, or a, an investigative committee discussion, but after bringing, bringing brothers in and raising them to that sublime degree of a master Mason, take a step back and look at what kind of an experience you're going to provide them and, and be, be honest with yourselves, be honest from, from a lodge perspective. And, and that, cause that's, that's the retention piece. That's, uh, part of our membership land that we're, we're we're putting some emphasis on this year. You know, we're getting through the outward facing campaign and and getting that online uh, information request piece nailed down to to you know to that point that you brought up a minute ago about you know how do we contact them and, and okay holding their feet to the fire and, and and making sure that we're returning that request in a timely manner and then. Once we get them in, you know, give them, give them that fulfilling Masonic experience and being able to be reflective and say, yeah, my, I can look at my lodge and I can say, yeah, we're, we're going to be able to do that. We're going to be able to do the best we can. Yeah. Cause that's another aspect. I truly don't believe we have a membership problem. We have a retention problem. I've been saying that for decades and I call it service after the sale. Sure. You get a brother, this raises a one degree. You set him in the chair this first state of meeting, and then he just sits there. Nobody talks to him. Everybody's got their little clicks. He, he might have had the bologna sandwich for supper and threw his paper plate away and then went in there. And then after a few months, he's like, well, nobody's talking to me. Why am I even here? Or if he does bring up an idea, something that, well, we never done that before, you know, the old cliche or. Well, Grand Lodge wouldn't allow that, and they look at him like he's stupid. And then it's not after a couple months, you're like, well, if they don't want my suggestions or they don't talk to me, what am I doing here? And so that brother who knocked on the door to ask for admission to the lodge decides just to saunder right outside into the back door and leave, and then he's never coming back. And I think that's almost as important as the membership thing, but. You know, Grand Lodges, they have this, well, we have to get more members. You know, we're not, not, you know, it's just like the 50s. You know, Eisenhower and President, we still need the same amount of people. You know, and it's just, I just really think that's another aspect that really needs to be tackled. So, Derek, after you journeyed through to the Grand East and your your year, you know, really it's the Grand Lodges year that you happen to preside over, what, what do you want to do next in masonry? What else do you want to accomplish? As you look, you know, down the road, because like you said, it's a it's a progressive science. Where do you personally want to still grow and learn at? I've been thinking about that a lot. I don't know that I've got a good answer for you. I do know that beyond my term, I'll continue to support our strategic plan. And I also recognize, too, that there's kind of a there's there's a balance there. You know, I'm just I'm, I'm just a, I'm just a farm kid from southwest Kansas, you know. And I understand that the titles carry weight and responsibilities, but, you know, support our strategic plan and, and help, help, help our grandmasters and help the craft really however they asked me to. It's just, just how I started. I never, I knew we had district deputies and I knew they came around once or twice a year. And, and uh, when I got called and, and asked to, to fill that role, really wasn't sure what I was getting into, but I know that uh, somebody wanted to put me to work and, and that's what I did. And so I think that 
I think what comes after, you know, that, that past grandmaster time, probably going to approach it the same way. Maybe I don't know what that's going to look like, but I know there's going to be people who, who, who are going to ask me for help and, and I'll fill that role however I can. Personally, I don't think you're going to have any problems once you leave the East because usually a lot of times if you stay active, there's always committees to serve on for Grand Lodge. There's other things that you can do and just maybe, like you said, just mentor other brothers who, you know, need a little encouragement or need, you know, and you might even meet a guy who's on the on the fence about not staying in and you could always talk to him and give him your opinion. And hopefully that keeps him in. Sure. You know, there's a lot of things that, you know, a past grandmaster can do. And you could even join the Scottish Shrine or the Shrine. I mean, in fact, there's a, what was it? The, the Imperial Potentate for the Shrine a couple of years ago was from Kansas. I think he was up, up there out in the middle of the prairies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was He was a past grandmaster and an Imperial Potentate. Well, see, there you go. There's another inroad. Grab a fez. <laughs> so, so Derek, what? Uh, uh, let me let me uh, explain a, a situation. So, when I came out to visit uh, the lovely state of Kansas for the Masonic Con, uh, we stayed with a friend of of my wife's and and her husband. And her husband, I think, would make an excellent mason. And uh, he seemed very interested in what I was doing. So what what would your elevator pitch be to him or maybe any other potential Freemason out there in, in your state? What would you what would you tell them or what you know, if you had 30 seconds or a minute in an elevator, what would you say to them if they asked about Kansas Freemasonry? Yeah, Alex, Alex Powers, uh, he, he gave a presentation kind of around this at our Leadership Academy of last weekend, kind of talked about being an ambassador of the craft. We're, we're all ambassadors for, for Freemasonry. And you know that I kind of look at those situations definitely as opportunities, uh, kind of subjectively, uh, depending on, 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 you know, how they ask the question and maybe how well I know and what the relationship is. Maybe it's somebody I don't know. I always just try to tell people that, that it's, it's an opportunity to slow down and be able to take lessons from the world in a structured way that just kind of opens your eyes. And, and I always try to stress that piece about slowing down Sometimes I'll talk about being able to come to a lodge meeting and and just be be present, be reverent, uh, you know, respect that space because uh, modern culture, modern lifestyle, we don't really encourage that time to slow down. And I see that reflected in 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 kind of attendance and how we we look at our individual lodge meetings and, and that kind of thing. We're just I'm too busy. I've got I've got a hundred things going on. I've got this and I got that and I got and we 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 busy ourselves into into a frenzy, you know, into into anxiety and all kinds of other bad things and and that's that's probably the most meaningful thing for me is that's my that's my routine and that's my opportunity to slow down and and be reflective 
uh, internally, and taking the taking the Masonic lessons and then applying them out to the world, and that it's a you know the the phrase safe space you know that's a little cliche and that maybe that means different things to different people but for me that that's kind of what 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 lodge meetings are and 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 then and then of course the fellowship piece um, I tell I I tell men that you know being a being a Freemason and a member of of my lodge and a member of the Grand Lodge of Kansas has given me the opportunity to meet so many other good men that have made me better in in small and big ways. So that's, that's kind of my elevator pitch. I try to talk about the, the slowdown, the opportunity to be slow and reflective and reverent and, and talk about all the good men that have, that have helped me along this, this journey. Derek, I a hundred percent agree with what you just said. And uh, it was interesting. I had a conversation last night with someone at a, at a work meeting and uh, somehow we got on the topic of COVID but more importantly, how after coming through COVID, uh, we just looked at things differently. And, you know, and it, it sort of relates to what you're you're saying there, you know, slow down and, 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 you know, take some time and look around. And again, I think Freemasonry is that perfect opportunity for people to do that. One, if they will allow themselves the opportunity to join and, and, and experience it. Secondly, if a lodge will support that, you know, uh, opportunity, not only for the new member, but for themselves as well, we have the built-in system already in place with the morals and things we believe in if we uh, just slow down and, and contemplate. And, Derek, I, I think one, one of the things you mentioned, too, was all the great brothers you've met everywhere. And for me, that's just – that's I think – maybe the number one benefit of it and everything else that comes with it. But you just, you know, you hear their stories and you sit around the, the dinner table or whatever, maybe before or after the lodge and you just hear their stories because it helps you reflect and you learn something at the same time. And I think one of the most powerful things we offer is that intergenerational, uh, you know, opportunity to talk to brothers older than you and younger than you and hear their perspectives on what's going on and, I'd just be curious, did, did COVID, you know, take all the politics stuff out of it? But do you think that has shaped any of your thinking on, you know, some of the slowing down and, and uh, enjoying and, and just taking time to for yourself? It has to have had a little bit. You know, we were we were pretty fortunate that the county where my home lodge is, you know, population density is pretty low out here in southwest Kansas. covid COVID kind of came in a little bit late. You know, we had a little bit of latitude as far as how we ran our business of the lodge and we were able to stay open maybe a little bit longer in comparison to other jurisdictions. Uh, eventually we did get to a point where we were, we were kind of, we were locked down at, at the height, you know, and then once things kind of settled down, we were able to open back up. Uh, is it, uh, I think the experience in Kansas was maybe a little different and I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll kind of brag on Alex powers a little bit more on our lodge of research. Alex did a really good job throughout the pandemic of doing, you know, we had a, a 9 PM toast on Fridays. You know, we did a lot of other things via zoom uh, to kind of keep, even though, you know, you weren't at your local lodge meeting, you know, we were doing things as, as from a fellowship perspective as, as Kansas Masons. 
And I think the biggest thing from the pandemic still is a little bit of, I guess you could just call it a, a the, that, that hangover. I think we're still, still trying to get out of that. Maybe it was too much of a slowdown. Maybe, maybe that's one way to look at it. And so we're kind of getting picked back up, but definitely thankful for that change in perspective. So then that one's, that's still kind of dynamic for me. Uh, I think we're going to be, you know, it's, it's a historic time, good, bad, or indifferent. We, we've, we've lived through something that'll be in recorded history for a very long time. Ask, ask me again next year what I think about all that. We'll do, because we're going to have you back at some point, too. You know, we're, uh, <laughs> I guess, getting long in our hour here. Yeah, you're coming back. I mean, actually, you're one of our, you, you verified that you actually listen to this podcast, so that means you, uh, you get to come back as a guest. I do, but uh, yeah, I think you're right. There's going to be uh, so that was that was exciting news when Darren came home and said we actually had a listener. So now we're just going to have to figure out who the other six listeners are. <laughs> right. I I told this to Joe Martinez and uh, one of the other guys from um, the Masonic Roundtable. I, I watch some of their podcasts and listen to them too. You know what they do on Facebook Live, and it's so strange. Even even with you brothers tonight, the podcast and that technology and kind of what it's done for the culture. Never, with the exception of Brother Laners, you know I, I've never had a chance to shake hands with you brothers or break bread or even meet in person. But hearing your voice and and kind of. You hearing you guys, Josh, with each other, and 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 the the dynamics of the personalities and how you interact on the podcast, it's you 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 feel like you kind of know them a little bit, and so and I I, I, re, I shared that with Joe Martinez, and it's like podcasts are so weird. I've never met you guys, but I feel like I kind of know a little bit about you and kind of you know who you are, and so it's interesting. It is. It's just interesting to not. To, to again be reverent not not overstep that bounds you know because uh, you guys still got to get to know me a little bit but uh and uh two real real quick before i forget your you guys did some some episodes on the poor cardinal virtues i really liked those and then i think you guys did one with um grand lodge of wisconsin about some of their strategic plan stuff that was really helpful for me i actually shared that podcast with our uh, chairman of our membership committee, and uh, he got some good out of that as well. So you guys are absolutely doing good work, as far as I'm concerned. Well, thank you. It's uh, it's amazing what I, I feel we learned just talking to so many people. I mean, we're, we've done this almost two years now. I, I can't remember what episode Darren number this is, but uh, fifty one. Uh, you know, it gets up there. We we fifty one. Uh, guys, we're just really rolling along. Uh, but it's been fun. You know, we, we, we kid Bill a lot and kid Darren and kid me a lot about, you know, some of our stuff. And then we'll have some sometimes text or email offline jabbing each other too for this, that, or the other, you know, Bill, I don't know what his shirt is tonight is, is, you know, Darren and I are from Illinois. We actually work at the university of Illinois. And so I look at Bill's shirt and it's backwards, you know, his says I, you, and it should say U of I. So, <laughs> So, <laughs> so big 10 humor. So, but uh, anyway, why don't we, uh, Darren, why don't we, uh, we'll, we'll go around another time and see what other else you might have comments or questions for Darren or Derek, and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up. So Darren. 
And I just want to thank Derek again for, for coming on and taking time to, to spend with us, uh, especially after going to lodge meeting, you know, talking Freemasonry for another hour or so after that, oh, no. may, maybe no, you've reached your quota for the evening. I don't know, but, uh, it was an absolute, it was absolute pleasure to, uh, you know, meet you at Kansas Masonic Con and look forward to, to meeting again. And, uh, hopefully I can get these two knuckleheads to come out next year with me and we can make uh, a road trip out of it or <laughs> Bill can drive up from our Kansas and, uh, <laughs> and, you know, we can, uh, we can uh, all enjoy some Masonic education and fellowship uh, together. But yeah, absolutely, like I said, absolute pleasure meeting you. I had a wonderful time, wonderful experience. And you guys are, once again, I think you're doing wonderful things there in, in Kansas. So my hat's off to you. And uh, like I said, uh, you're making me want to become a Kansas Freemason somehow. So, you know, maybe I'll have to move that way. We'll see. We'd, glad, we'd be glad to have you. And Derek, I not only want to thank you for joining us on our show tonight, but also thank you for for listening to us and passing along the podcast to other brethren. You know, it's things like that. Word of mouth is really how this show grows. And so it's things like this is we really need. And so I want to thank you for that. And I'm really glad to talk because I've heard so many good things about Kansas Freemasonry in the last few years that I was kind of curious of what you guys do, and I'm really glad to see that it's going forward. And I just hope it continues to go on. And I almost made it out there to Kansas Masonic Con, but something came up at the last minute, as it always seems to do. But yeah, just I hope to have you back again really soon. And and thank you everybody else for um, listening to the podcast and. Remember, we also have a Patreon page, and we could use your help. You know, these these things don't pay for themselves. So <laughs> I'll shake the tin cup, and as we go by, the offering plate. But I'll just thank you very much, and I hope to see you again on here really soon. Well, Derek, let me just wrap it up again by saying thank you. Thank you to the Grand Lodge of Kansas for all the great initiatives you got going. That strategic plan sounds awesome, the fact that, not only you put it together, but now through successive, you know, changes of leadership, you still got it going. And that's that's really what's important. It's never about one individual per se. It is about the craft at large. So really appreciate you being a listener and uh, would love to meet you sometime. Uh, I drove through the, the length of Kansas this summer. On the, I went to New Mexico and actually I'm going back that other direction. I'm going back in two weeks. So I'll wave at you as I come to the, the state of Kansas. So, but, <laughs> so, well, Derek, thank, thank you again, sincerely for joining us. So, and thank you to all of our listeners and we appreciate you tuning in to meet act in part. And until then we'll see you down the road. Thank you for listening to meet act and part for more information about our show, visit our website at www.meetactonpark.com While there please consider supporting the show by sponsoring us on Patreon. Until we meet again, may we meet Acton Park. <laughs>